0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 33 of Coffee with Coaches, myself and Dave Menzano again today. Dave's obviously become a co-host on this, it's, uh, it's not just myself anymore and I'm not saying that I won't be doing more episodes with other coaches but um, Dave wanted to do uh, initially after I got in touch with Dave we wanted to do a um, series of nutrition podcasts and me and Dave have always. Um, been able to chat nutrition and training for hours, so uh, you're probably going to get a lot more of me and Dave in the future. But um, yes, I may well have other coaches on. There's a few I want to speak to in the coming months, but um, for now, you're going to be stuck with myself and Dave, um, and we'll always strive to touch initially on um, a training training topic and then get stuck into some sort of nutrition based. Uh, Based subject, so yes, uh, it's myself and Dave Menzano again. Today we get talking about our um, experiences with um, rest and when to back off of training. That's initially what we uh, what we get stuck into, which is a good insight into anybody that's been training for a long while um, will know that progress isn't linear, and that there comes times when you have to, you know, take a back, uh, take, take a step back from your training. And you're listening to two people who've been training for 20 years here. So, uh, if and training other people for, for a combination of uh, you know, combined, we're up, I think, probably 30, 30 years of combined personal training experience. So, um, you might want to take some notes there or just have a listen and, and see our experiences of what to do when you're not feeling that great, you're not feeling that strong. So, yeah, that's uh, what's our first subject. And then we get stuck into um, the slightly. Well, maybe not controversial, but definitely a a topic that gets brought up in the media a lot, and in all the um, all the fitness rags uh, of sugar. Yes, health and fitness rags talk about this all the time. Sugar, cut it out. Zero sugar diet. Blah blah blah. It's terrible. It's like um, crack cocaine. And we um, get into that subject a little bit deeper. So, enjoy today's episode, guys. Episode number thirty-three. Coffee with Coaches. As always. Get in touch, like, subscribe, tap us up with any questions that you have that you want us to uh, clarify for you guys. Cheers.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Coffee with Coaches, myself and Dave Manzano today. How are you, mate?
2: Morning, Tim. Really good, you?
1: Mm. Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, so what's been happening? You, uh, you didn't get surfing today, this weekend? You were going to go, weren't you? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm uh, really
2: uh, disappointed because I was going to go and then uh, the forecast, when we looked at it, the, the surf forecast on a website called Magic Seaweed, which is pretty yeah. reliable, it was showing um, here on the East Coast, it was showing 8 to 10 feet waves, right? 8 to, eight to 10 foot waves. And then... So normally, you know, I might change a bit to my job increase, but not, you know, not dramatically. And and yet it's one or two feet uh, two, two foot. So the swarms oh, really? have completely changed yeah, yeah, direction. Yeah. So, so uh, that's why I have no plan to go. But I got a couple of sessions uh, during the week. It was pretty good on, I can't remember. I think I went on t- Tuesday. It was about head height, six to eight yeah. feet. So pretty good. And yeah, it was nice. uh, two, two or three feet the day before that. So, you know, a couple, a couple of good sessions, man.
1: That's good. That's good. Yeah. I've, um, How about you? I've been. I've joined. Uh, I think I told you last time we chatted. I talked. Um, I talked about joining a pretty st- um, I- impressive gym with all the kit. Oh yeah. Um, you know, old school bodybuilding kit, weights, plates, tires. I mean, full on, absolutely everything. If you're here in Abu Dhabi, it's called Train. Now, I wouldn't recommend it for everybody because it's quite. Um, you know everyone in there is a trainer basically, you know, and, and for, unfortunately not necessarily good ones either. There's um, there's not much vetting on that. You know, they're, they're not employees. They're just, uh, they're just freelancers in there. And as long as you're taking your clients in and they're paying for membership, they don't care what standard of trainer you are. So there's some pretty poor stuff in there, but, um, but my own training in there has been great this week. It's for the first time I've lifted weights properly in six months or so. Oh, really? Mm. you know, I've been, um, I've been training here, kettlebells and what have you, but um, I've not had particularly heavy kettlebells. I've had just a pair of sixteens and from a barbell point of view and, you know, static machines and stuff like that. I've had nothing like it since last September, really. Yeah. I mean,
2: (laughs) you know what? I think that one time we should just talk about, (laughs) and we don't want to call out people, but, uh, I think that the industry overall needs to be regulated more about trainers and nutritionists yeah. and things like that, because, yeah. you know, unfortunately there's a lot of people there and I don't want to get into a tangent team, but there's a lot of people there that don't really have the necessary enough experience or knowledge.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
2: And yet, you know, you, know, you go on Instagram these days, everybody's a coach, a trainer or yeah. whatever. And you go, you know, you get some of these girls and you know, uh, I don't want to criticize people, but me and you, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this since 2004. And, uh, you know, and yet you you get these people who just because they're posting me on the way on Instagram, whatever, they get, you know, hundreds of thousands. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And,
2: you know, they're charging people a lot of money sometimes for really, really bad programming. But uh, I I think that (laughs) we should get, we should get onto that another time. But anyway, yeah, yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've done, I've done weights as well. Uh, but like, like I said in the last couple of, of, uh, of episodes, mostly, Tim, I did a bit of, a bit of barbell yesterday. I did some power cleans and uh, push presses, some bent over rows. But for, most, for the most part, I've been doing uh, cardio, running, walking, yoga. I've been doing yoga every morning. Not, not a full session. I just do 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. I just do either before... Or after my sessions, I do some, some nice flows to help helps me with mobility, helps me sweat a bit more at the end of a workout as well if I want to. Yeah, I was going to
1: ask about what you do in a run. Like if you know you're surfing at a weekend, you probably um, stay away from anything that's going to make you too tight or too sore for the, for the for a day when you're going to get to but, the wave. But you right? know what?
2: The, the, the main reasons why I shifted to this is, first of all, because I've been doing weights for a long time. and Sometimes I think it's always good to, to, to switch a little bit, especially when, you, when you're not making progress. You know, yeah. for example, if I said to you, or if you said to me, oh, you know, my, my, my bench press is stuck, for example, right? And I've been benching for six months. Yes, you know, I could say to you, oh, well, Tim, you might want to change your, your weights, periodize, this and that. But sometimes the best thing you can do, take a bit Just of time off break, yeah. <laughs> I was
1: Honestly, I got under a bar yesterday and, and I've, I've been at this gym all week as normal like and and I've just been playing around a bit because there's loads of equipment I've not seen for years and stuff so I've just been playing around a bit and um but I thought yesterday I was in with a mate so I had a good mate who could spot me and um I got under a bar bench pressing thinking I've not bench pressed in fact it was the last exercise I did uh in my old gym and I walked out I was like nah fuck this I'm out of here so uh, I went to do yoga like I've said many times on this podcast um so I've not been under a bar to bench press in uh in 9 months and it was i was like i don't know what i'm going to get here so i just threw 60 kilos on the bar thought you know that would be a decent weight to start with and pushed out you know uh, five sets of 10 to 12 reps and i was happy with that you know but you that know um, that felt like a struggle even even a year ago you know
2: yeah, you know, I, I think that the main thing for me, you know, to answer your question, was was just to sh- shift a bit, get a bit more mobile, uh, you know, for you know for 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 different things, right? For mm. Surfing one of them, but just in general, and um, so as a result, I'm I'm doing like and you know, as we spoke about this already in the past, if you're doing pistol squats, dips, I did chin-ups with weights yesterday, I did uh, pull-ups with weights, it's hard work anyway, so it's not like yeah. my strength is going anywhere. You know overhead push-ups. It will maintain. It's
1: enough to maintain your strength, right?
2: Yeah, but I'm just more mobile. I just feel better. I go to a spot team, and I don't want to be lying here to people, where I wasn't. I wasn't hurt. I wasn't injured, but I was stiff. You know, when you sneeze, and I could feel my back. You know, do you know what I mean? And sometimes, uh, and and there's nothing wrong with doing the lifts and squats and things like that. But sometimes, when you've been doing it for many years, like I did, two or three times a week you got to take a bit of time off and and switch gears and do something else. So I I just found that, you know, doing, doing things like that. And as we spoke about this earlier as well in the past, I only do things if I enjoy, I don't force myself to do something. So if I don't feel like doing it, I've always been consistent. So I'm really happy about that because whether it's, you know, playing sports or going to the gym or running, I've always trained. I've never, I never took time off. I never had, you know, weeks or months where i have not trained, but yeah, yeah. I, I do like to switch it around. And, and I think it's great to, to switch it around. And that's one, one of the biggest advice I give to people uh, in the gym is you know, yeah. uh, it, it's good. And people, you know, I get it that people just like to run or just like to swim or just like to do yoga. And if that's what you like and it keeps you, you know, healthy and it keeps you consistent, guys, go, go for it. But yeah,
1: but I think everyone will come to a point, no matter how much you enjoy something. We know we enjoy weightlifting, but. We, we also have just said now some time off's a good thing for you and I think yeah. a runner that enjoys running and loves running, they'll get to a point they, you'll get them saying no, no, no I love running, that's all I'm going to do you might get to a point when you're 40, 50 even 60 years old, you go now I need a bit of time off and it'll be good for you and it doesn't mean you never have to run again, it might even mean that your running improves as a result of taking some I, time off
2: I, I, I agree with that and, and, and your body talks to you. It's like, you know, with the bench press you referred to before. I've been there as well. And I'm benching and the weight feels heavier with a warm-up. Yeah, and my, I yeah. feel a little bit my shoulder and my elbow's playing up. And that is just, a, you know, signals that your body's telling you, hey, yeah. you know, switch I'm it tired. around. It's like running. Yeah. You, end up with, you know, you begin with, 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 with blisters after a bit and you might get shin splints and, you, and your knees start to ache a little bit. That's why it's, it's good to periodize. And that's what athletes actually do. They yeah, of course,
1: yeah, yeah. You know,
2: it's not like Usain Bolt shows up every day and he, and he sprints 100 metres in whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know. He does that once, twice a year. He doesn't do it yeah. every day.
1: Yeah, you know? and a, fo- a footballer in his off-season, he doesn't run around, probably doesn't do much sprint sprint work and stuff like that. He gets on the weights and does something that's opposite to what he'd do in season, right?
2: But you know what? And I know you're not probably a big football fan. Football isn't soccer. Um, I... um but, you know, I, I, I am and I used to play. And it's interesting because I've been listening over the lockdown. There was a lot of interviews with, with um, old football players. I mean, say old, yeah. that they used to yeah. be big in the 90s and yeah, you know, exactly, in yeah. 2000s and such. No? You know, they played in, in Italy, in, in England, in Spain, or the major leagues. And they, there was, uh, who was talking was uh, the Brazilian Ronaldo. The one, yeah. the one that they normally refer to as the real one or the <laughs> yeah. phenomenon in Italian. The world. real, yeah. yeah. But anyway, and obviously the other one is great as well. And, but uh, Ronaldo, the Brazilian one, he you know played really, really you know high levelly. Won, I think, two World Cups, and you know he was an amazing player. But he suffered a lot of with injuries, and later on in his career, he was you know quite a, quite a bit overweight to be a football player. Anyway, no? And it was interesting because when you talk, uh, you know, when he was talking about his training, he said they used to get me running and running and running. This is a center foot who he, who he was really, you know, well known in, in his peak because he was explosive. Yeah. He used yeah. to sprint and he used to shoot and score goals, right? And getting him to run, you know, 20 kilometers a day was not good for his knees. And no, that's what he no. thinks, believed, that caused him all those injuries that he had. Really, He didn't say that. It wasn't until later on in, in his career in early uh, 2002 and two and three, when he joined Real Madrid from Inter Milan in Italy, mm-hmm that they start to then plan more and do more specific training. Okay. Yeah. You are center forward. You might need to train more sprints, do, you know, 20 sprints and that's it. And just practice mm. your skills. And, uh, but yeah, so th- th- there is that too, that I, I think that a lot of times it's going to be also specific to your, you know, to your sport. And-
1: exactly. I mean, what, what are people thinking getting a, a, a guy, all right, he might run, what do they run in a match? Five kilometers I think it depends on a new position. On the if position, yeah. That's yeah. what he
2: was saying. If you're centre back, some a full back, then yeah, you know, that, that might be beneficial. But
1: you know, yeah. someone like him, you're just waiting for the ball, you sprint and then you rest. Sprint work yeah, exactly. Which would be easy to and fun to program in a gym, right? You could do um inter, you know, sprint intervals, hill intervals, um, you know, lateral movement intervals, like you could really program make a good program for someone like that without yeah. even without too much knowledge. I'm not even saying you have to be a great coach to program that stuff, but um, we didn't know, or even you know, top level football coaches from a strength and conditioning point of view, they weren't even employed back in the '90s, were they? They um, by footballs, no. they were just they were just uh, football no, coaches. No,
2: that was it. I, I, but you know, I think exactly that. I think that specific training that that's when it when it really happened. And I think that me and you probably we got in the industry at the early stages, really, because really? Yeah, yeah, I started yeah, off yeah. in two thousand and four. And, you know, it was reasonably a new, a new thing. I think that's really personal training only really started in the 90s.
1: Yeah, and it's quite different, right? Compare, if you compare um, the kind of – it's two ways you could go, I suppose, when you're coming out of a, a strength and conditioning degree or diploma or whatever you do. You know, the guys that go into – nowadays, now the guys that go into um, – Strength and conditioning for sports clubs and, and, and Olympics and stuff like that are totally different to the gym trainers you get on the gym floor, and you yeah. could be very good at both, but not into you know, but not be good at the other thing. Just because you're a great strength and conditioning coach for a football team or a you know basketball team or whatever, doesn't mean that you'd stand very well on the gym floor. You might be good at technique, you might be good at periodization and all the rest of it, but would you have that knowledge of how to work with a fat lady in her fifties or a you know? A, a... But you know
2: what, what teammate. You know this very well, uh, obviously. Uh, the, the thing is, you can be a strength coach and you, you know have all your knowledge and that's great for that if you're doing that specific, you know, if you are working with a specific uh, club or athletes, whatever. But generally speaking, it's good to get people to power clean, teach them how that's to right. sports because yeah, yeah. you don't want to get people to get, to get hurt, hurt yeah. and you want them to have results. But the most important thing, one of the most important qualities is being personable and building yes. good relationships where people can trust you and ask you, yeah about training, about stretching, about diet, and things like that, giving that, that general advice. Because if you have you know, very good knowledge, but then you can't translate that to people, you can't yeah. communicate, or you can't build relationships, then, uh, but you know what? It's, it's funny, just going back to the beginning, uh, what you were saying uh, about you know, how training is, is also changed. I remember, you, you know, like now when I talk to new trainers, they say, look, you know, you got it easy because you're going to show up into a class and get people to do box jumps and swings. And nobody's going gonna, gonna to question you, right? You just do it. Yeah, yeah, But I remember when I first started to use uh, kettlebells, 2007, which in the UK, it was a new thing, right? In fact, many other countries, when I used to go to Italy, not, I couldn't even find any, right? Yeah. Yeah, I could just see them like places like Finland. They already had them because it's close to Russia. But anyway, and you used to teach people how to swing. I remember that I almost had to do a disclaimer before doing anything and say like, "Hey, by the way, it's yeah. not gonna hurt your back if you're yeah. doing it properly. It's gonna get your glutes." Because people would see you do a swing or a snatch, and anything like that, they'd be, "Oh my God, is that not gonna hurt your back?" Whereas yeah. now you can just walk into a gym, okay, guys, pick up a kettlebell and we'll do hundreds. Of yeah, that's and- true. Yeah. <laughs> before it wasn't like that. You had to yeah. really,
1: really. I had you know, to the gym the gym it would have been 2008 actually here um the gym manager and the owner of the of the club interviewed me and asked me to and I had to pull up studies on kettlebells I was looking at all Imagine. the old programming just to sell them I said because it was whatever it's going to cost them you know three grand's worth of kettlebell equipment and
2: yeah
1: and I got them to buy it and I got them to invest in it and they, those kettlebells are still at that club now but, I know but you know
2: are. what yeah you know when I started here and um And, you know, the the manager, he was good enough to to think that there might be something there that we could do. Right. So I said to him, look, you know, I I use him a lot and I'm sure that I can get him to be popular. Right. Yeah. And I didn't even have a floor space for it. You remember because you were there. I used to teach um, four people in, in, in the gym floor. We didn't even have a studio for that. Right. Literally in a corridor. And then. Six months down the line, I can't remember. But we, I was running two classes and it was always full. And we, and full, we, yeah. we you know, yeah. we ordered a lot, a lot more carabels, by anyway. way. Mm. Anyway, mm. I, I thought today, Tim, uh, what do you think? Should we touch Because uh, we're giving people uh, tips how to, you know, be healthy and, and,
1: and all these good things. And yeah, I, we've I gone a lot over that, weight loss recently this yeah, last couple of episodes, right?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think the one thing we've not really spoke about, we have spoke about, but not specifically, is more... Uh, more in terms of sugar and you know things like that because that is ultimately whether we you know we talk about low carb uh low fats vegan uh you know paleo whatever ultimately i think that there's one thing that everybody can agree on that is too much sugar or anything that is going to be detrimental for your health right
1: yeah yeah i think um it's it's detrimental to your health which we know um i think it got hyped a lot i don't like to see people doing these, I often get asked, you know, are you cutting out sugar? Like how are you getting weight? I'm cutting out sugar. It's always the one, right? Like January, what are you doing? I'm cutting out sugar. I mean, it's a very un, un, uh, what's the word unsustainable thing to do to think that for one second, you're going to cut out sugars from your diet. It's not going to happen for any length of time. And what do they end up doing is cutting out sugars. Uh, what they think is added sugar to their drinks or whatever, and end up putting it in uh, in other forms. Like here, what's quite popular is dates. You know, uh, oh, yeah. throwing putting dates in your oats and stuff. You don't have to put many dates in your oats to to um, crank up the calories. And um, and th- you know the sugars, the sugars are going to be high quick, quickly from that. So I just think there's a, a very much a, a stigma attached to sugar that needs to be addressed by trainers because where everybody thinks, oh, cut out sugar, cut out sugar, cut out sugar. But we actually know that we don't want to cut, you know, you don't want to go to zero sugar. We just want to understand what sugar does in the body and how too much of it is bad for you, right?
2: Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, sugar, what is it, first of all? So sucrose, okay, so it's made... 50% 50% of glucose and 50% of fru- uh, fructose. So that's 50 50 and then sucrose, sucrose, which is table sugar, right? So that that's the main thing is. So what you're saying is, or what we're saying, should we say is actually when we telling people to cut back on sugar, really what we are saying is cut back on table sugar,
0: right? Yeah.
2: Because there are going to be other things that are going to also be nutrients and, and, you know, nutritious and, essential for your diet because you don't want to be cutting back on everything. But yeah, what you do want to, for, for the most part, you want to cut back on all non-essential sugar, right? And mm-hmm. Anything that's going to be mm-hmm. just adding a lot, you know, a lot of calories. And it's, it can, apart from the association with the, you know, the risk of weight gain is also bad for your teeth and things like that. So it's just not, not good overall, right? But uh, I was just looking at some, at, some, at, some, uh, at some, you know, little figures about how much people eat. And it's quite interesting. Um, these days, I looked back so over 100 years ago, Tim. The this is a, a, American statistics an average American used to consume two pounds of sugar a year.
1: Okay, now that's by key, 1970s, is a kilo, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, 1970s that grew to 100. And 23 pounds so what is that nice. so that's about 60 something kilos wow yeah. in a year no no 19 that was by
1: 1970 no in in the time in when still here. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah
2: yeah in a year yeah today is 152 pounds
1: 152 pounds so like 75 kilos yeah.
2: which is three pounds or six cups a week so three pounds is about one and a half kilos so 150 pounds is what uh, 75 kilos about, is about 70 kilos yes yeah. and so, so you know. yeah
1: so yeah that's crazy people know, yeah you know i
2: mean it, it 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 is crazy Th- that's all all sugar right because you eat bread there's going to be sugar in bread exactly yeah it's natural some of it isn't in terms of added sugar a year <clears throat> you're looking at 57 pounds so that's about coming up to 30 kilos yeah of added sugar yeah okay and what does that do that increases cravings for more sugar and that is why it's very very addictive as you said before it, it is if somebody look and i've seen these people i'm sure you have it too that are addicted to coke even if it's diet coke or you know normal coke and eating uh you know uh, sweets and and you know beverages sweden beverages um you know generally comfort food should we say every day i cannot say that to that person okay you know what uh team from tomorrow i you know replace <laughs> every broccoli and instead of having that <laughs> you yeah, just have yeah, a, yeah. you know water instead sort of a pepsi whatever it's not it's not reasonable right yeah, exactly but we'll talk about that in a little bit more why in a second so in terms of recommendations so i looked at the um, at the government uh, recommendations here in the uk so from the nhs so basically added sugar first of all is anything that's going to be you know found in biscuits shake ch- um chocolate uh, flavored drinks flavored yogurts cereals okay things like that and then you got the the ones that, that occur naturally such as uh, in, in honey syrup some maple uh, agave nectar you know things like that yeah um in in fruits okay and because you know fruit uh, sugar is found naturally even in milk so it has maltose lactose so th- those are natural sugars, right? Yes. So fructose is natural sugar in fruits. Okay. And the government, so the recommendation for an adult in the UK is 30 grams a day. So th- I would, sh- sorry, it's not a recommendation. That is the upper limit. You should not be having more than 30 grams, which is seven cubes. Okay. Children up to s- uh, 10 years of age, 24 grams, so six cubes and up to six years of age, 19 grams of five cubes, okay. So, let me just have a, a quick look here. One, so if you if you look at one can kind of Coke, uh Tim, on average, that contains nine cubes.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's a kid. So, that's a kid maxed out there. Yeah.
2: So you really. So what do we say? Seven cubes instead of uh, you know thirty grams. Yeah. So yeah. Ready- yeah. You're really maxing out exactly. And um, so, when you're looking at, at when you're looking at shopping at uh, food labels, the, the one thing that I always tell people is, ideally, I would shoot for five grams or less of sugar per hundred grams. Yeah. Okay. Up to fifteen or so is considered medium. Fifteen to twenty, should we say? Anything above 22.5 grams per hundred grams is really really high. So ideally, yeah, yeah. you want to have you know very very little. Of those, um, you know, of those types of food. So I looked at the Diabetes UK and they are saying that people nowadays consume at least three times the daily recommended intake of sugar. Right. And it makes up, uh, in, in adults, 14 or plus percent of, of the diet.
1: 14% of the diets made up of yeah. sugar. That's yeah. a joke, isn't it? Yeah. So,
2: in terms of so that, 30, 30 grams that we said before, the seven cubes, that should not be more than 5% of your yes. overall diets. Yeah. Okay. So, teenagers is interesting. I mean, it's quite sad, really, but they, they found that they drink uh, up to 191 grams from sugar drinks.
1: Is that right? Coming from drinks. And I mean, that's an yeah, easy replacement. We said that well. before.
2: If you have a Coke and, and it was that many. What do we yeah. say? Nine cubes in a coke. If you yeah. have two or three of you those, it. it's soon yeah.
1: on tap, right? And I mean, what an easy replacement for a lot of people as well, right? Just to, uh, just to to take out sugary sugary drinks and replace them with either a diet drink or, you know, um, it's a, such an easy take. It's such an easy way of, um, such an easy change to make. But like you say, they do become addictive. And if not if not the the substances within them addictive, the habit of um, the habit of having a, a Diet Coke, oh sorry, a, a regular Coke or a regular um, soda with um, with your lunch or whatever can become, you know, just unbreakable, really. For a lot of people, I think sugar, cutting out sugar or cutting down sugar is one of the hardest ones to, to do, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I mean, so, generally speaking, on – we said five, 5% or less. So for 2000 calorie diet, you're looking at is 25 grams that really should be, should be the, the upper limit. Right. And, um, I've also seen that, for example, uh, a 12 ounce soda, how much is 12 ounce? So one ounce is, uh, was 30 grams. So that would be, yeah, about less than half a liter anyway, about 40, yeah. 40 centiliters, something like that. Yeah. Um, so then again, these are American statistics. And we're showing that they can be as much as eleven teaspoons of sugar, or forty-six point two grams.
1: Okay. In, in, yeah, exactly. In about forty. So that's double the 14,
2: that, no. that the allowance, really. really. Some yogurts they can have seven teaspoons of sugar, so twenty-nine grams, in one serving. Jeez. So that example before of the of the soda to get that much sugar from from your diet in terms of in terms of fruit, yeah. should we say? So we said that 12-ounce soda, which was 11 teaspoons of 46.2 grams, you'd have to eat one orange, 16 strawberries, and two plums. Okay. So quite a bit of fruit, really. And
1: quite a bit of fruit, but doable in a day, right? That's, you would yeah. You'd yeah. get to that quite a thing. I think people don't, probably don't understand that they could max out on sugar through the, the, the eating thing is quite with that, healthy foods. You would fruit. also
2: get a fiber and, and if the, everything else as well, especially if exactly. you have an appeal. And yeah. you probably, then again, you could eat that amount of fruit, but you're probably not gonna, I mean, you're gonna be pretty full if you have all that. You, yeah, You're probably not gonna eat much else, right? So yeah, but going back to your point before, the, the, the thing is, if you look at studies, sugar is addicted and it has been shown to have similar characteristics, characteristics sorry, to drugs, okay? So it causes cravings, it causes uh, withdrawals, it changes the brain's reward center, so the limbic uh, region in the brain. And the USA so National Institutes of Drug Abuse it shows that sugar has the uh, has similar effects on people and uh, people's brains to cocaine or alcohol. That's why it's really really hard to give up. And you probably could argue that c- caffeine is very similar. So I've not really completely uh, ever tried to give up on on sugar that way because I always have a bit of dark chocolate. I don't eat, I don't have soft uh, drinks something like that, but I do have dark chocolate. But I remember the last time I tried to go without coffee for a bit, I did get headaches for, for a yeah, couple of days. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've had it as well. I mean, I'll get a headache if I don't have a cup for a day. You know, if, if I get to midday and I've not had a cup of coffee, I'm like, oh, I, I've got that feeling of not having... Uh, I know that I've not had a coffee. I can tell it, you know, I can tell. It's not the yeah. worst feeling in the world. It's not like... A, it's not a craving. I can easily go a day without coffee. But um, but yeah, you're right in saying that it is... Just, that's a good equivalent of us people who probably don't over consume sugar it's a good way of us getting our head around what it's like for a client to be addicted to something addicted uh, in inverted commas um we can put we can relate to it if we've got something that we can uh you know that we get headaches from and stuff you hey yeah. know yeah, absolutely but um yeah
2: yeah i'm here but um it's it's very yeah it is very very challenging for people to give up and and and, and that's for sure the problem is with that as well is that because it causes these cravings it's uh you see one thing that i like to teach people and uh, for sure it takes time is to change their taste buds yes because when you're so used to eating uh things that are very sweet in in taste it's hard because let's say, you know, an obvious one for me, from a nutrition point of view, if I wanna, when you had a co- uh, of of sweets, Tim, and he said to me, oh, you know what, I eat biscuits every day and chocolates. And I said to you, oh, you know, what chocolate do you have? He said, oh, you know, milk chocolate. Well, so you like chocolate. So why don't you try and let's let's keep it reasonable, even not even a 90% that I have 90% dark chocolate. But I said to you, Tim, okay, I want you to switch to a 70% dark chocolate. You're gonna yeah. taste it, and it's gonna taste bitter. You're not gonna like it, too. yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, because your taste bad and not adapted. Yeah. Now, for me, for example, because I'm used to having a ninety percent, you give me a milk chocolate team. I'm. I don't. I don't like it. I'm not gonna like. To too sweet. You, yeah. You know, yeah. It's true. I. I don't. It's too sweet for me. Yeah. Even a seventy percent, I'm a little bit. Eighty percent, 85%, eighty-five, ninety. Now we're talking. But anything you know below that. Really?
1: See, so okay. I like. I like seventy. I'm. I'm at that stage.
2: You know, and I was um, when I was uh, at uni, uh, the last time we went to London, because then because of lockdown, not being able to go anymore, but it was March. And um, and we was out for lunch and, you know, there's some people there that really watch their diets and, you know, some of them are vegans and they never have any sweets or sugar. But really, if you think that mine or your diet can be strict, these people are so much stricter than, than me Right? you,
0: right? Yeah, yeah.
2: And It it was fascinating because uh, talking about something and that I thought was, uh, you know, um, that already for me didn't have much flavor. I can't remember what what food it was, but this person saying, oh, you know, but that that, that tastes really good. That's really sweet. And I'm thinking, you're thinking that that's sweet. (laughs) We're talking about, I think we were talking something like, uh, you know what we were talking about sorry we were talking about sauerkraut tim sauerkraut oh, really? so oh we're, even, we're not even we know even in the dessert section we're talking about sauerkraut which is fermented cabbage right and yeah. i said to you you know i i prefer kimchi because kimchi is spicy and it's got other things and it's got anchovy yeah. anchovy paste and other things right when well, a sauerkraut is just done it's basically cabbage dried with salt right yeah so it's fermented which is good for the gut yeah that's why i have it And I'm saying to this person, well, I have it because it's good for the guts, but I don't really like the taste. And she said, don't you like it? You know, know, it tastes really, really good because she's so used to having, you know, these types of foods and she never has sweets.
1: Yeah. I mean, okay. So, yes, I mean, I do know what you mean. I'm not sure that, I mean, we've got to make clear that we're not advising that you go to that extreme. You don't have to do that extreme stuff to be healthy. Like we've just talked no, no, about, no, we we're always no, tra- sure. trying to uh, talk to <laughs> no. reasonable people. No, no, th- th- this was a, get
2: a set of a spectrum that, that that's completely, somebody 100%. that's completely,
1: you know. Yeah, that's, I think I said it in last week's podcast. The first thing I noticed when I clean my diet up is my parameters for sweet and sweet and savory. They, they go from, i you know, if I, let's say over Christmas, you indulge a little bit. My savory is, requires salty, crispy, you know, like, you know, the sort of crisps that you have at Christmas, um, the sort of uh, foods that you'd get at Christmas and the sweets, the sim- similar, you need a, you need a, well, I, if you, again, if you overindulge, if you just completely relax your diet, you can, the sweet parameters goes down as far as needing, like yeah. we say, a, a sweet chocolate, a regular chocolate bar. And then if you tidy your diet up, like mine's pretty on point at the minute, I wouldn't enjoy anything that was too sweet, anything that was too salty. I've come into like seventy percent. dark chocolate is about where I'm at, and a savory and a something savory for, for me now is potatoes with a bit of salt. That's you know that's a savory flavor yeah. for me now.
2: Yeah, no, no, but I, I think that for people in general, you know, the advice we give them is, is that is just just try. If you have that that food that that's you know sugar addiction, should we say? If you do, you find yourself eating sugar every day and craving for it, you have to wean yourself out a little bit at a time. So, yeah. easy, you know, easier steps, because it's not easy, easier steps would be things like you could do a natural yogurt if tolerate tolerated with some blueberries. Yes. You can put some, you know, some cinnamon, things like that to give a bit of flavor, some flaxseed. You can do some dark chocolate. You can have some nuts. But then again, even, for example, and we spoke about the hyperpalatability of food in the past as well. The thing is, even without chocolate, which is, you know, we can agree that it's pretty bitter, especially if you're having like a, a 90%. Mm. But now, if together with that dark chocolate, I'll have some Brazil nuts or some almonds, now suddenly I can eat, I can eat a little more of that.
1: Yes, yeah.
2: So I think that one thing, ultimately, and we want to tell people to to have a, a moderate approach, whatever that means. <laughs> but uh, and we want to you know tell people that, or should we say, advise people, um, you know, to, to have a, a nice balanced diet. But if it, if it is weight loss that you're after, you know, if you mm-hmm. do need to lose some weight for for health reasons, whatever, then try to make your food a little bit less palatable might be a good strategy. As yeah, well because- I think we spoke
1: about that last week. Like sometimes something that's uh, yeah, make it less palatable. So you're having something like chicken and broccoli with yeah. a few potatoes. It's not something that you're going to overeat on. Whereas if all of a sudden you put some uh, even even if you go as far as saying um, you put a hot sauce with um, some potatoes and some chicken and some broccoli, now you've made that much much more palatable, almost addictive food, and you're gonna overeat. It's not that that sauce is bad for you that you've added to it, but it's gonna make you eat more of that one thing, right?
2: It's also the, the, the changing texture. We were saying the other day, yes. we were making that, yeah. that ice cream, that example, that guy trying that, that five kilos of ice cream, which is yeah. really, really palatable, right? I mean, I love ice cream, right, I'm Italian. <laughs> But five kilos is five kilos it's not gonna happen, yeah, but you know the way you go through, you actually start to have uh you know fries uh chips in in in, yeah. in between, so it's same with, yeah. you know it's same with like say we could eat something like 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 I don't know like a pork belly for example, right, the after a bit there's so much pork that you can eat, but now you start to have a bit of cheese with it, some nachos yeah. with it, some yeah. uh you know some avocados it, it, you're gonna eat a lot more, you yeah. know but anyway, same with 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 the sugar, I think that I think the guys uh, in general, uh, like men and women, they be careful also with, with, We I made the example before of the yogurts. So when I say people to a yogurt, I would go for a natural, I would always go because unfortunately when you look at things like you might say fat free or low fats, then yeah. it's going to be replaced with sugar. So look at, your, yeah. look at your labels. So five grams or less, Per 100 gram of the product would be a, a good way to be mm. 15 or less, but anything above that, that that's going to be high. And yeah, you know, try to do, if you eat chocolates every day, try to win yourself off, have something else instead. But the, the one thing I've noticed, him as well, even with myself, not only with people, but after, if I eat chocolate every day, right, let's say uh, every afternoon or, you know, I have a biscuit every afternoon, for example, mm. for argument's sake, right? And then I say, okay, you know, and you really need to lose weight, so I'm going to cut back on... The, on. Because sometimes, Tim, actually, it, as ridiculous as it sounds, your diet might be good, but then it might be those two or three biscuits that, that you have during a the day, There might be that extra 300 calories a day. Let's say a biscuit is 120, 150 calories per biscuit. Yeah. So then, then let's say that you're having two of those a day even. That's 300 calories.
1: Yeah, so deficit gone. That's a recommended deficit, 300 to 500 calories. Yeah, so
2: and o- o- over seven... Over the yeah. week how much is that you know that that, yeah, that exactly. you know that, that's really you know over 2000 calories right yeah Yep. Yeah. so w- but what, what you find is that actually after a couple of days a week or so you're not craving for that anymore is when you're doing things every day that the body yeah. tells you you know it's like coffee okay you know two o'clock i'm used to having a coffee two o'clock i'm used to... so it's the association as well that, that you have with certain things and um yeah. so changing the habit basically
1: yeah and then the, you know and if, uh, I mean, I think it's worth bearing in mind um, that if you are, the amount of times I see people walking and eating shit food, like, they're, you know, in the mall and they're having a biscuit or a, a chocolate bar, they're not thinking about it. So they've put no enjoyment into that chocolate bar. There's no sort of um, awareness that they've even had it. If you ask them at the end of the day, they'd probably forget it. And it's the yeah. 300 calorie chocolate bar, you know, you know it's whereas if you that put that in, the, if you put that, that habit of having a cookie with a coffee, for example, I quite like right. it, but I will make sure that I sit down with my coffee, with my cookie and enjoy it. And not just, you know, shovel it into my mouth without thinking about it.
2: So there's three things here, at least for, for, from what you just said that we could talk. We talk about the importance of enjoying and seeing down when you eat food, because ultimately, you know what? If you have an ice cream or anything like that, just enjoy it. Don't mm. feel guilty about it because Don't feel that's, okay. yeah, you get know. a negative effect that then people, they, they can uh, obsess with it and they'll, they'll yeah. hit the gym for two hours, try to burn yeah. those calories or whatever. Exactly. You know? So enjoy it and that's it, you no? Know? So if you fall off the wagon, so to speak, get back, get back on track and that's it. But anyway, so enjoy your food because that not only goes for sweet foods, but also for food in general. If you, studies are clear on this. If you sit down, and you switch off everything, you're not reading your emails, you're not watching television, and you eat and you chew your food pro- properly, you're not going to eat as much, first of all. Exactly. Right? Plus, you are yeah. going to be digesting a lot better and all these things, right? Because when you're eating on the go, you're not secreting enough of the enzymes. A lot of times, you're not even digesting foods properly, which can cause a lot of other problems anyway. The other thing I swear, uh, when you were saying, Tim, um, I thought that, that caught my attention on that was... Um, what did you say? So you were talking about walking on the mall. Walking uh, so, and sorry, eating the, without the thinking thing about thing it. That's yeah. all with that is yeah, yeah, yeah. So you easily reads You're right. So th- when you're looking at statistics as well, when people do s- surveys or food journals, they often underreport. And one thing, the biggest thing that they underreport is snacks. People don't count snacks.
1: No. Right? <laughs> like That's the count. other thing.
2: But the other thing, Tim, most importantly, possibly, is when you go to these, you know, coffee houses, whatever we want to call them, one thing is going in and having an espresso, an Americano, anything like that. But you start to have some of these lattes. First of all, there might be a lot of, lot of milk that people don't tolerate properly. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be non-organic. So it's going to be full of uh, uh, hormones and other things. So that causes a lot of people to be bloated anyway, because that's one thing I say, to, sometimes I say to people when, I, when they complain about being bloated, it says, Oh, you know, I have uh, four or five lattes a day. Well, ca- cut back on those lattes and see how you go. Yeah. And yeah. you know, nine times out of ten, that makes a big difference. But a lot of those coffees, and I don't have stats in front of my head, in front of my head, like this to read to you. But I'm pretty sure. there's some of those caramel latte, caramel, um, caramel lattes,
1: or you know, yeah, these the other syrups, things. Yeah.
2: yeah, they have as much as 70 grams of sugar per yeah. cup.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, and I people mean,
2: don't think about it. Yeah.
1: I mean, th- some of the drink, things I see drink, people eh? walk out of Starbucks with is ridiculous. They're like an ice cream in the morning. It's like having an ice cream for breakfast, you know?
2: I remember being in London once. We went and um, I, was, I was there for work. We were filming some videos. But, and um, anyway, we went for lunch and, uh, and it was really busy, as you, as you can imagine, in London. And the girl who was uh, working with she's was picking up some, some coffees and she was having, she said to me, Oh, you know, uh, I'm going to have a chai latte. It tastes really good. Do you want me to get you one? I never had one. Yeah, I said, yeah, yeah, you know, okay, give me one, man. I had a sip. That thing was so sweet.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I thought it was just gonna be a tea, and I yeah. looked it up. I think it was something like 40, 50 grams of sugar.
1: Yeah, I don't know what they are, but I can imagine. I, I mean, you're right. The, the these things that the that they're concocting in these in Starbucks and stuff. And essentially, it's worth bearing in mind. I did a p- bit of a a post on a salad the other day um, about how many calories were in it, and all the company wants you to do is to enjoy it and buy it again and tell people it's nice. That's all they want you to do. And that chai latte yeah. girl there, she said she was the perfect client because she liked it. Yeah. She told you to get yeah. one. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a business at the end of the day. They don't give a shit about it. going Back to palette. the,
2: uh, to the, to, to the palate because my palette is not used to it because I have coffee black. And even as a kid in Italy, I started to drink coffee at you know, 12 years old. I never had sugar because I never liked it. I might have cappuccino with a bit of cacao on it, but never with sugar because I never liked it. So my palate, in a way, I don't really like a lot of, lot of sweetness. So for me, it was too too, too, too sweet. Yeah. I didn't like
1: it. Yeah. Do you
2: want to get on to
1: sweetness, Dave? Because we're running out of time. We want to get
2: on to But right? yeah, no, just to finish off on the sugar real quick here. I don't have much to say on the sweetness to be honest, to so, yeah. So over time, if you have too much sugar, so too much glucose in your bloodstream, it causes pancreas to secrete insulin. We spoke about this before, already. Yeah. What happens is when you secrete insulin, you can then store those excess calories into fat. And that is why you know we want to cut back on sugar. The other thing, Jim, is that insulin f- affects leptin. Okay. So leptin, we said before, is the control, uh, is the hormone that controls the appetite. It signals the brain to that we had enough food, that we don't need to eat anymore, more. That's why. It's important also to eat slowly because it takes about 20 to 30 minutes before we get a signal. So, if you rush in mm. your food, you, you could easily overeat. Mm. And so, too much sugar, too much fructose can lead to leptin resistance. Then again, we mentioned this previously as well. But, leptin resistance, what it means is that people producing leptin, but the brain does, does not receive the signal, so to speak, or you don't okay. get a signal. A bit, bit like yes. with, yeah. with, with diabetes, with, with insulin, yes. right? you produce producing insulin, but the body He's not responding to it and uh, and then again that can lead to uh, weight gain in in uh, you know on, on on the long run and when that happens as well when you eat a lot of sugar like that you tend to also feel more sluggish you might have less energy to mm. exercise because you might have a boost right away but then mm. after that it's gonna feel uh, make you feel more tired now yeah you know on Sweden as a uh, team the, the, the one thing the one option that if with the advice you have already given, people, I don't want to call it advice, actually. We, you know, with, with, with what we've been talking about, how people could make little changes. Um, yeah, cutting back on sugar, replacing it with things that are less, you know, more nutrient dense, like dark chocolate, you know, yogurt, berries, strawberries, things like that. Uh, rice cakes, oat cakes uh, come mm. to mind. Uh, anything like that's going to be a lot better. Uh, I like to also to do the, the, the nut butters, peanut butter, almond butter. Yeah. Unless you're allergic to them, obviously, and not and not too much, because then again, they're very calorie dense. Horrific, Going back to yeah. the oils that we yeah. spoke about already, all, all those things. Like when I say peanut butter, I mean a teaspoon, not. Because yeah. I've had this before, Tim, with, with a client, a really nice client. She listens to the show. She's she's lovely. She trains really really hard. But she loves those nut butters, and <laughs> uh, you know she says I can't have them. <laughs> I yeah, need a well, job. I'm
1: with that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I, I can't buy that stuff because if if you look at it, I think there's 20 servings in a pot the pot that I get. is 20 servings. It's very nice. It's organic. It's um, it you know it's got no shit added to it or anything like that. But one t- one like you say, one teaspoon is a serving. There's 20 servings in the pot. And, I, and I'll ha- happily have three servings a day.
2: Yeah, you know? so, but it's like anything, Tim. you got to be, it's like, the, the, listen, look, get the, the best advice you can give to people. If you eat biscuits and things like that every day and they're not good for your health, they, they're causing you to gain weight, you just don't buy them, Tim. Because if you don't them in the house, house exactly. your, brain, your brain is going to search for those foods. No yeah. matter how strong you want to be, how, how determined you're going to be, you cannot do it. Yeah. right so if you don't want to get mugged i'm I'm sure there's no bad areas in abu dhabi where you are but if i don't want to get mugged in uh let's say in nottingham <laughs> i'm not going to go to the worst uh, part of town showing off <laughs> yeah. my rolex and and, and and you know waving my, my wallet around because you're going to get yeah. mugged do you know what i mean so anyway uh so yeah the the other thing you could tell people is okay you know if you're having coke could you have diet coke instead perhaps you know so that, that could be an easy, easy transition so i have nothing against that to begin with. I. Then again, I'm not, I'm not a big believer in the sweetness team. Uh, like I said, they can help people transition over the long run. I'm not too, uh, I'm not much of a fan of them. I don't have them in my diet, you know, for different reasons. First of all, because they still give that that, that sense of, su- of of sugar, of sweetness. So it can still give people their cravings.
1: And you can, like you just said, then, um, you know, you're already... You're already your palate isn't doesn't yeah. want this doesn't want the yeah. sweetness anyway, right?
2: But for somebody who who wants to lose weight, there there is a place for them to begin with for sure, and then I would eventually transition to you know to having less and less eventually. But um, other reasons why I don't really like them, um, Tim, is because there are studies now. The the problem is with these studies; they're still the early stages. A lot of the studies are in mice, so if you uh, you might have read that sweeteners are linked to alzheimer's the link to cancer and all that uh all all of these studies are not clear are not clear a lot of them are in mice so i I wouldn't be sure about that but what we do know is that six sweeteners approved by the fda so the food uh and drug administration have been shown to negatively impact the gut microbiota okay and i'm a big fan of of trying to keep a good, healthy gut for health, yeah, many yeah, reasons, yeah. not only for weight loss, but also for, uh, for immune system, you know, for, yeah. for brain health, all these things, because when, when your gut is out of whack, should we say, it can cause a lot of problems from inflammation to yeah. depression even and things like that, right? So, you know, but sweeteners, uh, on the other hand, yeah, they, they can provide zero calories or close to zero calories and they can be, uh, they're 100 times sweeter than sugar. So that's why you only need a, a tiny hmm. amount so yeah if you do if you are having uh, coffee with a syrup or if you're having coffee with four teaspoons of sugar, yeah you might want to transition to a sweetener first and then slowly slowly phase yourself out. I have yeah. you know no problem with that, but they um yeah you know they uh like i said there's some controversial um information here so they can change the composition of gut microbiota like I said, they can mimic sugar so Although they don't have calories, they'll still elicit an insulin response. So the body's mm. still gonna produce insulin even if there's no calories. Even if you have a, a coffee which is like what two calories, mm. something like that, and then you have sweetness, which might be zero calories, one or two calories again. You still and it's no sugar, you're still gonna secrete that insulin. So then again, on the long term, it's not good because secreting insulin for nothing, you could still tax your your pancreas for nothing. So then again, long-term effects are not quite sure on that, how good it is. And um, so then again, this can be an association then with the development of diabetes in the future with dysbiosis, which means um, compromised gut gut health. And um, yeah, and the other thing I've looked at was that, um, there was one study actually, I was reading, reading about this morning, was that sweeteners can actually alter the gut microbiota to make us harvest more calories. So although they don't have calories in them, they can actually, we spoke about this before, that obese mm. people tend to have more Firmicutes compared yeah, to bacterial diabetes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what that means that when you eat food, Tim, if I'm eating a sandwich of 200 calories and you're gonna eat the same uh, sandwich of 200 calories and I have more of the bad bacteria, I might be absorbing, I don't know, a hundred and sixty calories. Uh, sorry, um, you know, two hundred twenty calories. You might only be absorbing, you know, two hundred calories. Yeah, if yeah, that makes exactly. sense, right? So yeah. on a long run, that's not good because you, you you are actually accumulating more more calories. But yeah, like I said, a lot of these these studies are early stages, and more and more um, you know more time is required. But you see similar effects also when when you have a processed food diet, you tend to have these these same and bad processed food foods are also high in fat and sugar that tend to have the same, same effects on, on the guts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I mean, for the sake of, you know, balance, we don't want to scare anyone away from sweeteners because generally speaking, it's a, it's a go-to that I use quite often. You know, I, I advise if you're addicted to sodas, then you go to us at Coke zero or whatever it is. So it is, it is important that we bear the gut, the health of these things in mind that, that, that ultimately, um, they're not good for you but if it get, if it's you use it as a means to an end meaning you use it to uh help you reduce your weight down significantly that's going to be healthier in the long run as no. well <clears throat> yeah
2: it's a bit I, of balance, I mean in a like way, way that it's it's all about the balance isn't it and look the, the thing is is this right because we could talk about like, like we spoke about uh the, the podcast uh, we, um we talked about gluten free last week for yeah. uh, for a little while and it's like everything else if you are just replacing two liters of coke today with two liters of that coke a packet of cookies with a, a packet of banana cook is is a lot of crap food ultimately right <laughs> yeah, and it's not going to be good but if you're saying to me look tim my my diet is really spot on however every day i do like to have my coffee with a bit of and you, instead of having that sugar you have a bit of splendor or something else or a bit of like gabonetta, is that the end of the world no so then again yeah. the poison is in the dose but if you're exactly. having a huge amounts every day it's like it's it like gluten free right yeah, exactly if you if you because you want to go gluten free and now instead of having gluten pasta you have gluten free pasta instead of having mm. gluten cookies you have gluten free cookies you're still eating yeah. a lot of you know a lot of good mm. uh, a lot of food that shouldn't be really necessarily in your diet but yeah. if once a week you want to have a pizza and it's a gluten free pizza once a week you you have a Uh, You know, a cookie and it's a gluten-free cookie, then it's okay. Do you know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. So yes, mate, that's been a good. I think that's that's
1: been a good roundup of uh, of that topic. So um, yeah, yeah, I think we're we're covering loads of stuff. We've gone. uh, We're we're pretty much. uh, We're pretty comprehensive on everything we've covered. And if anyone's got certain topics that they want us to get a bit deeper into, um, then uh, then then let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, mate. Um. So guys that's been uh, Coffee with Coaches episode number 33 this will be. Um we'll be back again next week I think mate yeah.
2: Yeah for sure.
1: Yeah cool. All right a pleasure mate I'll uh, I'll Thanks, guys. speak to you in Thanks a second guys been a pleasure look out for our next episode bye bye.